please visit anywhenanywhere.com for more information about this program. Our conversation with Brad Anderson. To be cool. And a live performance, too. Electronic sounds from beyond the sphere. Join us for your weekly noise gathering. As I continue to explore more and more corners of the experimental and noise community of artists, I'm struck by something that time and again feels like the weird dinosaur in the room that we should address, which is, how is it that all these people who are really interesting composers and artists and musicians who work with sound wind up in the noise community when they have all of this education and background and skill behind them. I see this over and over again with artists that just don't quite fit the noise description of art, but they're not really rock and roll. They're not really goth. They're not really what ever fill in the blank there's a million things that they are not and as we continue to try to figure out exactly where music fits into popular culture now that no one wants to pay for anything anymore there are more and more examples of these kinds of people who you know would probably be considered you know uh working artists or may even be eligible for grants in other countries but here they're relegated to this strange part of the musical universe where you would probably have to go to some very small strange venue and you know wait until late at night when all these dudes roll out and then finally amid four or five other bands who are all playing for maybe no more than 15 minutes each you may get to catch a glimpse of someone like brad anderson who not only has a master's in music composition and theory but also considers himself a composer uh someone who is you know creating music in an electronic medium and the fact that he can't really perform almost anywhere except at an experimental show i think tells you everything about what's wrong with the culture in our country and when brad anderson walks in too he doesn't look like your average noise guy uh he's probably my age uh that is to say not young (laughs) anymore anyway uh but you know he also dresses well and carries a briefcase almost or at least a bag that kind of presents itself in that way he shows up and he's very attentive and he's listening to everything his ear for sounds is very very huge and uh as a result he seems to really enjoy what he's doing and what he's listening to when he's 
at a show. Watching Brad perform is certainly not anything that you haven't seen before, but the sounds that he creates and makes with his gear is something that you have not. And uh, time and again, when uh, I'm exposed to his music, I am just thrilled and astonished at the places that he goes and at the sounds that he creates. And when he was offering to not only come on down to Salem to uh, hang out and do a podcast, but also play a show with me, well, I couldn't say no. He has this style to the way that he is creating and uh, interacting with music that certainly speaks to someone who is thinking about things deeply, who understands that the connection between the work that they do and the audience listening outside of it is very tenuous at best. And it is his job, if he wants to send anything along that conduit, to uh, create something compelling, something fascinating, something interesting, something that compels you to stop everything that you're doing and say, what? Brad's sounds are unusual, they are beautiful, they are unlike anything you've ever heard before, and I think I'm not just exaggerating when I say that, because I am returning to Crackwork over and over again, like some sort of weird, obsessed scientist who can't quite figure out what makes it tick, but feels like maybe the repetition of this act will help me get there. Fortunately for you, uh, you don't have to deal with my obsessions or anything. You just have to listen to this excellent performance by Brad Anderson here on this program. WTBC Radio in beautiful anywhere, anywhere. This conversation and performance was recorded in the Lava Lamp Lounge on December 8th, 2018.
It's time for Dial a Song. Hey, what the hi? It's John F. of They Might Be Giants, and you're listening to Austin Rich on WTBC Radio in beautiful anywhere, anywhen. It's a podcast with Austin, and this is They Might Be Giants Song of the Week. This is the latest from us. It's our Dial a Song. Stop repeating things I'm saying. Stop repeating things I'm saying. You're an anxious robot. You're an anxious robot. You are, you are. I know you are. But what am I? Is what I say. You know, you just put out a CD, um, self-released, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crackwork, yeah. which is, I mean, uh, each track is kind of its own little sound world in a way. Uh, how, how long have you been working on that? What, what, um, when did you get started on putting these songs together, and how, how, what, what, when did it officially come out? <laughs> I guess, well, I've been doing the electronic thing about 10 years or so. I, I put out a couple other albums, too, back in, like, 2006, 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and after that, I just decided I wanted to play live. It just seemed like there's just nothing like live performance. It's, it's live. There's people there. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to do more of that. So I just took my time with the CD. I just figured I wanted to play as much as I could, and the CD would be done when it's done, and now <laughs> it's done. Don't rush it. <laughs> yeah, 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 so. So this is kind of like the accumulation of your solo electronic stuff over that 10 years. Yeah, well, it's probably this, you know, last three, four years is what I've been doing. Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's more more recent <clears throat> stuff. The, the other CDs I put out were similar stuff, but it was all stuff... I did so much, so many layers in the studio. I got my DX7 and I made pieces with 12 layers and, and, <laughs> and all this. And so it was fun and I liked it, but, but I couldn't really play it live. Or, mm-hmm, or if I did play mm-hmm. it live, I mean, if you, if you push play and sit there, that, that's it's not... less, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I had, this was in mind, was more stuff that, that would be playable live. So, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, so. Now, uh, was Noisegasm kind of before the solo stuff, or was that concurrent? Kind of in the it? middle. I think we've been doing our thing maybe 
I guess, Greg just posted something online, he had a little flyer from one of our very first shows, and that was from five years ago, so I guess, oh, okay. I guess right about five years ago. So happy, I've done Happy birthday to these guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That, 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 that's a fun, fun project, that's just the two of us, you know, and Greg plays guitar and electronics, and I play keyboard and electronics, and we do yeah. some weird stuff. And, and, and it's a slightly different vibe than your solo stuff. Uh, I think it, both of your bit, personalities yeah. shine through yeah. on the Noisegasm yeah. tracks, whereas yeah. uh, a Brad Anderson song, uh, if you can call it a song, yeah. <laughs> it, it has a different... Um, Flavor, uh, style. I hate to pigeonhole it because uh, yeah, it, it's a number of things. I mean, I like, I really like hardcore, intense stuff. I like that, mm -hmm. but then I also like ambient, mellow stuff. So, and everything in between, really. And then some of the pieces are keyboard based. You know, I, I right. kind of a classical composer. You know, I, I started out as a classical person, went to college, and all that. I've got degrees and everything to, <laughs> to prove it. You know, I, I went to the University of Washington for an undergrad and. Went down to the University of Arizona and got a master's down there. So, okay. so I, you know, came from that side for a music composition. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 I went 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 there for that, and I still still write a little bit of classical. I haven't done as much lately, but but I've, classical piano music is kind of my thing. And was this so when yeah. you were in college? The yeah. idea was that you would study these composers with the, the thought that you might be like a piano. Performance um, or, or, per, or how, no, no. Well, I mean, composition was always the thing. I mean, I'm a reasonably good performer, but I'm certainly no virtuoso. You know, I, okay. I play. <laughs> I knew. You know, like I started when I was like 13 or so, which is kind of late by classical standards. Sure, you know? sure. Most virtuosos out there started when they were five, six years old. You right, know? So right. 13 is kind of a late start. Mm -hmm. But I just knew I wanted to write music, and I always knew that eventually. I wanted it to be amplified electronic music, you know. Mm, I mean, okay. just, just growing up with rock and roll, there's just there's just something about a big stack of speakers and you know a <laughs> hundred decibels blasting at you. Yeah, that, well, it's like that, that ELP idea of like you know yeah, we want to yeah. be on stage, rock gods, but we're playing yeah. synthesizers instead. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And so I know I want to play amplified music, but but not rock and roll. I love it and all, nothing like classic rock, but mm -hmm. I want to be sort of more classical-ish and maybe weird and experimental and so mm -hmm. got some synthesizers I, I guess I got an old DX7 to play in a band that I was in and then I, I the, the, the presets could do quite a bit but then I realized you could kind of dig into this and, and mess with the sounds got it more and then once I started to do that then that's when I really thought that hey this is this is kind of what I want to do I want to sort of find some extreme strange sounds and, and incorporate that with the keyboard stuff and so that's kind of what i've been doing the last 10 years sure and, yeah. and not that i am shocked that there's a um uh music theory background to yeah. what you do because there's definitely yeah. uh you know you a typical song has yeah. musicality to it that goes beyond like you know verse course verse yeah you know, <laughs> uh and uh what what What's what's shocking to me isn't even necessarily that it's electronic, yeah. uh, but that you have this really wide range between yeah. compositions where, like, one of them, you kind of t said this yourself, one is yeah. like almost kind of like a, a mellow ambient track, and the other yeah. one is kind of like a noise uh, assault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but you have uh, populated that entire range of audio in between. Yeah. Where uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I think a good example of what I, 
something that sticks out where I you couldn't even necessarily say it is a Brad Anderson song, except yeah. that it is. It's the yeah. one that has the flute uh, yeah. accompaniment, yeah. Yeah. Um, where uh, it has some of the characteristics of some of your other work. Yeah. But if I was to play that separate and just yeah. say, who is this? Yeah. I don't think anyone yeah. would guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it has a very uniqueness to it that, and that is just one example on the album. Yeah. Like Crackwork has a, a number of these tunes where each of them could almost be their own band, and yeah. it's a part of your whole sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I hope each piece is kind of its own little world, and each piece sort of has its own sense in a way. I, mm-hmm. I hope that and. And yeah, in a classical way, you know, I guess if you think of a big symphony by Beethoven or, or Mahler or somebody like that, they will cover, you know, moments of giant intensity at the big finale. And, but then, you know, other movements will be slow and, and there's always, you know, a slow movement and there's always a dance movement. So right. a, a symphony will, you know, have this huge range. And I hope, I hope my music has some of that to mm-hmm. cover from, you know, the very large to the very yeah, very yeah. I think a good uh, seasonal example because we're in that time of year is the Nutcracker which uh, Tchaikovsky has an incredible yeah. range within oh, yeah. that piece yeah. of like dynamic and it's loud and oh. chaotic and bombastic and then it's quiet and beautiful and kind of like yeah. yearning and uh, the emotional range in that yeah. stuff is also like quite yeah, yeah crazy. absolutely. Tchaikovsky, fantastic composer. Just and and that's of course one of his most popular pieces for mm. for good reason. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. But you look at his other material too, and like he does that similar kind of like dynamic, loud, quiet playing yeah. with form throughout the pieces. Yeah. Uh, and I guess in a way, uh, I mean, Crackwork kind of has that similar vibe yeah. to it, where when yeah. you do sit down and listen to it all as one. You can kind of see that thread that mm-hmm. runs through it, uh, yeah. but like each piece individually, it it doesn't. They they almost don't have that. Uh, they need the uh, other ones around it to give it the cohesion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Yeah, because I hope you know albums are kind of a, a thing of the past almost. I mean, mm, people make yeah, them, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but but if you're going to do one, it, it does seem like it should somehow be a thing and hold together on, on its own, that, that, yeah. that there's a reason that those pieces were put together. And mm-hmm. so I hope there's some, you know, coherence to the whole thing. Yeah. Now, did you do the uh, art design for this as well? No, no. My buddy Nate Bennett did that. I He's a painter. And mm. I uh, just asked him, say, hey, I'd get something with a lot of texture. So he took his acrylic paint and just layered it and made it very thick and thick and then he uh yeah kind of put some different uh colors on it and, and text over it but, but i just kind of like the fact that it's it's hand painted mm-hmm. the the very the basic that that, that he used it so yeah nice job it, it, ha- it works for the overall like um album too like again thinking about not just the sonic palette but like yeah. the design kind of element yeah. to it as well yeah like this works as a complete package in a way that like sometimes you go to experimental shows and someone gives you an yeah. album and it looks like it's yeah. a CDR <laughs> that was copied at the last yeah. minute yeah. and and the packaging kind of has that same vibe to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so no, this is it's uh, you know it's something that I definitely speaks to me because like as someone who wrestles with well what do releases look like versus a live performance. Yeah. You know, hopefully I will someday put the same kind of thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very cool. 
Yeah. I, I, uh, I had a couple more, um, I don't want to uh, necessarily bore people with, uh, you know, uh, gear talk and whatnot, but I had a couple more questions mm-hmm. about uh, performing and whatnot. Now, obviously, um, you can do a tremendous amount as an artist now with digital tools that you used to not have access to, you know. Yeah. It's just like... I mean, even comparing within my own lifetime, the transformation from being able to make tapes to making CDs just is like phenomenal difference. Uh, And then uh, beyond that, I remember trying to incorporate computers in the 90s and you'd get these little 8-bit samples, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, you have to spend like all this time making sure you have the right sound card or the whole thing is just going to fall apart. Now our phones are driven towards sound production. Uh, so, you know, just within the 10 years that you've been making electronic music, I bet it's changed tremendously, but, uh, do you feel like the relationship you have with technology helps drive you when you're looking to make new art? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess it, it is easier these days and I, I, I don't really know much about technology. Um, a, a number of years ago, I, I knew I wanted to get into this. So I asked a friend who was another classical guy who had someone tutor him. So I said, hey, you know, who, who's the guy that tutored you? And he, he gave me the name Matt Fay. He, he's a guy up in Seattle who just knows all things electronic. So yeah. Matt, I didn't know any. I bought my first computer to use as an instrument for this project. And so I, I did that. And, and I didn't know anything about computers. So Matt talked me through that. He got Ableton, which we figured was probably mm. the best thing to use. And then I got... To, to make a lot of my strange sounds, I use Audio Mulch, which is just a little oh, yeah. sound generating program. I, I love, boy, if I had more time, I, I'd just sit there all day and make, <laughs> make strange sounds. And, you know, Audio Mulch, just, you can just make so many weird, different, unique sounds. It, it, it's, and then I get them, I load them into Ableton, and then with Ableton, you can do even more. And, and so that's really pretty much the limit of, of, of that. That's everything that I know about electronics and computers but but mm-hmm. that that works and you know so I, I do that and then I add some keyboard to it and hopefully my classical training comes through a little bit and, <laughs> and that's that's what I throw together so and for live performances for people who are not like watching a photo reference yeah you have uh, you have a keyboard controller that's plugged into your your yeah. laptop yeah uh, and so yep. they're kind of feeding into each other yeah, sounds. everything runs through Ableton, you know, and, and and for the keyboard sounds, Ableton has a nice library of sounds. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, I, I go through it, and a lot of them aren't that interesting, but I pick out the good ones, and then Matt Matt Fay has has made some other sounds for me. Yeah. When I, I say, hey, I need this kind of sound, can you do that? And he, he does. And you know, let's and, talk about yeah. sound for a little moment because yeah. something that stuck out with your stuff, even the first time I saw you, was the audio range. You know, so yeah. like, there's people who definitely play with the dynamic range of like, I want this part loud and this part quiet, yeah. and this part has to blow the speaker out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but um, you are really the middle, the mid range yeah. audio field is populated as well as the low and the high like yeah, you really yeah. have a lot of attention to that entire spectrum yeah. of sound and not just like oh it's noise so it's all high end or oh yeah. i'm bass so yeah. i'm all low end or whatever you know yeah. like uh was that something that you think about consciously when you're composing tunes or is that something that kind of comes through as you're shaping things 
Well, I think you, I just like to use the widest possible palette and on a combination of you just want to use everything that's available from the high to the low and, and some sort of balance and some sort of ebb and flow, I guess. So I don't know if I think about that, but you you want things to just to be what it needs to be. I guess I usually yeah. start with either I might start with a melody or a chord progression and then go from there, or I might just start with some weird sounds and go from there. But I hope there's kind of a, that it has a div, like a beginning, middle, and end, that it, it goes somewhere. That So when you get to the end, you've done something that, that kind of makes sense and has a shape to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so often, especially with kind of green performers, you'll find them populating kind of one part of that spectrum. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I can't tell you the number of recordings I've heard where it's just like all yeah. high end, where like they they got that big black lesson or something yeah. like that, where they were like, oh yeah, you just turn the bass response all the way down. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some variety, you know. Like noise shows is kind of a nice niche genre, and I really like that. There's just nothing like cranking things up to really loud and letting that go, but but still, you need some variety. I like the best noise shows are the ones that maybe put a little quietness in there yeah. to, to give a little up and down to it so you have some variety then mm -hmm. it makes you know the big noise that much more something because sharp it's, yeah 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 so you, it needs that ebb and flow i think i think you and i have at least a little bit of similarity in our um musical styles mm -hmm. in that we are often the kind of person who is on a bill where we are the one that yeah. sticks out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily yeah. for bad reasons, but like yeah. oftentimes we're the contrast to the here's the wall of noise. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's hard to, I mean, I guess I sort of touch on a lot of genres, I guess, and I think that's good. You know, I, I like that. But yeah, sometimes, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you're not always the, the fit with everybody else that, that that's there, which which is, you know, not a bad thing, I don't think. Exactly, yeah, but, yeah. I think that, um, you know, especially in the early days of me going to a lot of experimental shows, there was, and I've talked about this before, a sort of monophonic range to yeah. the work that you would see yeah. in that, like, a lot of people were kind of, screaming yeah. white guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciate that as time goes on not only does the gender balance get more even but the sonic balance gets a little more yeah. even too yeah. and we start to hear much wider ranges of of, of tunes that are not um uh what you usually used yeah. to hear at a noise yeah. show <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely well variety is is just is just good mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, Doug Hare for a moment, uh, yeah. because uh, he's credited on a number of tracks for Crackwork, yeah. and um, yeah. Doug just recently retired, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you work with him on this? Boy, I, I, I did my first albums with him. I, I did my first Dark Energy, it was the first one I did in 2006. You know, a friend recommended him and said, hey, he's a great guy, real, knows his stuff, real patient, and mm -hmm. so yeah. I went to work with him at Jack Straw, and... He was great, you know, because I was kind of new to it then, didn't really know what I was doing, but he made sure, just kind of kept it easy and light and kind of walked me through a lot of things, and, yeah. and, and it was great. So I, I worked with him there and then did the second CD, Juiced, with him and, and did 
about half of this one is recorded with him. Yeah. Now, yeah. And you, know, you were in the Jack Straw building, so that, yep. Yep. one thing that stuck out to me about that place was that yep. record collection in that big yeah. room. Yeah, that was... <laughs> just, just to <laughs> sit there. Huge yeah. wall. And yeah. you're like, yeah. this is like 20-some years of records that have yeah. just been shoved into this collection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yep, yep. Just the radio station there. Just It's really, really wonderful stuff. Yeah, nice yeah. And... I like Doug's... Um, <laughs> attentiveness and i like his curiosity because yeah. i don't think you could weird him out yeah you know? no, he, like, he's heard everything he's, <laughs> you know, his, 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 he's heard everything a sonarchy radio show he did that for what 20 years at yeah, least yeah, yeah every week an hour of a, an experimental artist and just you know so you flip through there and you pick somebody you you might know or might not and it's always interesting and, yeah yeah, that was that was just a lot of fun. So he, he knew his stuff. It was it was, it was a bummer to see it come to an end. But yeah. uh, in a way, like I, you, you could kind of see the writing on the wall because, like, I don't know yeah. who else. I mean, he's getting older. I don't know who else could yeah. take on that role. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. that's a lot of work that he put into every show. Yeah, because you know? yeah, because no you know, I was talking to him about this at one point. So a lot of times when you have live music on a radio show, the band comes in, they turn on the mics, they 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 yeah. turn the amplifiers up, and they're like, "Okay, guys, it's live. Let's do this," you know. Yeah, and then yeah. what you get is what you get. Yeah. I didn't know until I talked to Doug about this directly. He would master yeah. every performance yeah. before broadcast. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know that. That sure makes sense because he just he just. You know, had that dedication and to get it just so and get yeah. it just right, and it, it definitely shows. Oh man! And and yeah. if you in going back through, I will occasionally just pick out random old episodes, and each one I'm like, wow, yeah. this one sounds amazing. And yeah, like, yeah. He would sit there in the studio and each one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so no wonder it wasn't sustainable. He couldn't have kept that up forever. But yeah, uh, yeah. Man, I mean, the, the what a great body of work. Yeah. Were you, were you no actually kidding. on the show, or did you just yeah, record with him? Yeah, no, I did about about a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. He had me on Sonarchy, and yeah, nice. that was great. So there's one out there, and I didn't know that you were on there too. So I yeah, I need, I need to listen to that right one. at the end. I think yeah, I was like yeah. second or third to yeah. last. Yeah. Um, nice. What that a one. great and and you know while we're stroking each other's egos. Yeah. And whatnot. Uh, Doug's band, the Seattle Phonographers uh, Association or yeah. Society Union. Union. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, excellent yeah. recording. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and this is something I think we both relate to is incorporating field recordings into our performances in yep. certain ways. Yep. I mean, that's yeah. something that Doug does very yeah. masterfully. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, but it, there's, there's elements of it in your work too, where it's like little. Bits of field recordings well, here it, and it there. It might sound like it. I don't think it is. I mean, hopefully, it, it might sound like it. I don't. I don't know that I take any outside sources. But oh, okay. I, I have a wide. I mean, I can create a, a wide variety of weird. So sounds. those are all created sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everything well, comes from. I would from, have swore it was a, a field they, recording. They're, they're old songs. They're sounds from my DX7. When I used to use it, now it's kind of old and it's it's all wonky, and so it's sure. it's always breaking down. But I've got a good Yamaha tech that fixes it when it needs to. Be. <laughs> so you know, Yamaha's great. I'm a huge huge fan. They their their mm-hmm. support is wonderful. But at Audio Mulch, and then I feed it into Ableton, and that's that's everything. And nice. So, but yeah, field recordings. I would kind of like to do that. You know, I was convinced that there was some yeah. in, on your on your record, but yeah. now that you're saying those are all created, I'm gonna have to give that a second yeah, listen. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. This is what I love about experimental music is that I thought I was pretty good at identifying yeah, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure. I think not, you are. Not anymore. Yeah, no, no, People usually can find a way to trick me, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and it's something that you don't find as much in rock and roll because rock and roll yeah. is so much about, like, let this guitar sound like a guitar. Sure, you sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, electronic and experimental music is like, let's make this keyboard sound like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I love about it. Like, just the weirdest sounds and the most different keyboard sounds. Just, you know, I'm always telling, you know, Matt, like, hey, make me this, make me this. You know, it needs more of that, more of that. It's got to be nice. weirder, stranger, and, and we get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Well, we should definitely uh, give a shout out to yeah. Greg, uh, the yeah. uh, other half Greg of Weber, uh, yeah. Yeah. Noisegasm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Greg has solo work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he goes he, by Goldenrod, you know, yeah. so, and he, he cranks out the CDs. He's kind of ambient is kind of what he loves. He's a big fan of um, the big, who's the big ambient guy? You know? You know, yes, big, big fan yeah. of, you know, and he, so he does, he, he loves the ambient stuff and cool. yeah, good guitar player and just really, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's, it's great to work with him, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I only really had one more thing to talk about, and this is something that I was kind of more curious than anything is, uh, and, and this is based on a couple of experiences that, is, that we shared. Uh, you seem to be willing to go great lengths for a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah. like, I get it, because, like, yeah. one, experimental is also for as open as people are about it now, it's still yeah. hard to get gigs <laughs> yeah a little bit a little and, bit and so you know? like sometimes driving a, yeah. a ways for a gig is is yeah, kind of how you four do it hours you know it's it's <laughs> well, that, that's, that's no big deal you turn on the tunes and you sure you, know, and you drive it's you know it's kind of a niche audience but you know every city's got a couple of venues that can mm-hmm. will play that stuff so you need to get out a bit you know greg and i Noisegasm's had a little bit of luck playing in and around the Seattle area, and we get some gigs. Sure. Solo stuff has been tougher to come by, but but lately I'm getting getting some more. So mm-hmm. you just get gigs where you can, and yeah. you know, where find where people are interested, and you know Salem seems like a great place. You know, it, it, it's yeah. Fun. Well, so. I, I think what's happening more and more is that you you know so this is I think it was happening in C- Seattle as well as in yeah. Portland is that big cities mm-hmm. are getting more closed off to this kind of stuff and i think that you know you have more people living there they want more kind of um what do you call it uh straight laced kind of entertainment more homogenized maybe you know Um, and so a lot of people are getting pushed out to smaller communities and Mm so i'm finding like really weird small cities have great scenes yeah <laughs> you know yeah well let me know I'll, I'll have a car i'll, I'll go yeah. anywhere <laughs> corvallis i think is yeah. the um the other one i would recommend here in oregon yeah. they do a um uh, a monthly uh, organized by this gentleman named chris yeah. and uh it's uh it's a small coffee shop yeah. no booze it yeah. feels like the 90s there's yeah. scenes yeah. in seven inches for sale yeah. there like, nice, nice. Uh, yeah yeah let me know it's a good little <laughs> spot and uh they do these no, uh experimental noise showcases where it's like every kind yeah. of performer and sometimes as many as like eight yeah. eight in a show yeah. Uh, but, yeah but they're always over by like 10 p.m yeah so it's like you're that's, coming home like yeah. at a decent hour it's that's never too. you that's, know yeah yeah no that's good too <laughs> so uh i recommend those in corvallis okay. uh and there's something about it like where it's like it's a little bit off the beaten path 
there is a college there, so that helps feed a yeah, little bit yeah. of it. But there's also like residual weirdos who just cling yeah. to that town year <laughs> sure. after year. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's good. It's good to have that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's going to be the way of the future because like big cities are so hard to sustain as a lifestyle. Yeah, I think so. They're pricey. They're just you know Seattle's more like you know San Francisco all the time. Just just mm. only the very rich can live there. And, yeah. And you've got to find a, a way on the outside. to. That feels, in a way, to me, informing a lot of our scene. Mm -hmm. Because I, and more and more I meet people who have a similar story of, like, I used to live in blank, and then yeah. it got <laughs> too expensive, and now I live yeah. in blank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, that's, yeah. I, I went to... Uh, um, the NorCal Noise Fest down yeah. in Sacramento, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's people from all over yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, every scene all over the U.S. is reporting the same thing. Yeah, yep, <laughs> so, I think so. So, I, I mean, like, I know that we're not alone, uh, yeah. but it's interesting because, like, more, maybe it's more apparent or, or something, I feel like I meet more people where that is informing them, like, creatively, where they're like, yeah. yeah, there's no money for anyone anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. You've got to love what you're doing. It is it is tricky to make money, but it's, it's just exciting to get out and meet people from different places and different yeah, backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the money's a barrier, yeah. but it's definitely like something that we're all thinking about where yeah. there's a, a, a concentration of it in one part of our culture and yeah. nowhere else. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, that is a trend that is not, not a good trend. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, if people want to get crack work, uh, how are we going to track this down? Uh, uh, oh, is yeah. that shows only? or uh... Well, so far it shows. I, I, I am on Bandcamp as soon as I get a little more artwork, and then I'll la launch mm. the Bandcamp page. Got it, so got Bandcamp, it, got it. you can get you know the, the clips, and I, I think Bandcamp, I don't know if you can get CDs through Bandcamp. Can you order them that way? I'm they have sure. a um, merch option where yeah. um, you yeah. can have the download and then you can also have the, hey, order this from yeah. me and okay. I'll send you okay. a thing. Yeah, so um, I'm working on the Bandcamp. Should be done soon because cool. that's, you know, good good to get it out there. And, it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, there is also something to be said for the novelty of things that only exist in a physical thing that you hand to someone. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like you that. Like bring a few to shows, you give some away, or yeah. people can pay what they want, and, mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of nice, too. Yeah, you know, like, the last several years, I got a little bit kind of into this, like, well, I guess, yeah, as you can see, I'm a record collector. So I was thinking, like, well, I guess people don't like physical things yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but this most recent tour yeah. really uh, uh, disabused me of that, because yeah. everyone I would meet would hand yeah. me a CD or a tape or an album or yeah, something. Yeah, And I was like, oh, I guess people still make stuff. <laughs> there's a still a, a tangible thing is still kind of nice to have, I think. It's still, it still means something, hopefully, that you went to the trouble to make this this thing and nothing else. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I have a friend uh, in Texas, John, who... Um, you know, uh, as much as he likes to listen to things online and radio and podcasts and whatnot, I sent him a package of a couple of CDs. Yeah. And, like, there was something about 
it was like a, a friend's album where I was like, here, I think you'd yeah. like this. And I think he was more inclined to actually hear it because he had it in his hands. Like yeah, yeah. A link just doesn't quite... It, it is a different thing. It's so yeah. easy to blow off a link. You know, yeah. someone says like, hey, check out my new band. And I'm like, I'm never clicking that. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but like, you put a CD in my hand and I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm going to dig that CD player out of my basement even yeah. if I have to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It, it is, it, yeah, absolutely. If you want it... If you are looking for professional photography and contemporary style and glamour, then J. Jean Portraits is your destination. Based right here in Salem, Oregon, just like this podcast, J. Jean Portraits can offer the right kind of photos for the project that you have in mind. To help wet the whistle of people interested in J. Jean portraits, we are holding a contest for the person or artist who would like to do a little photo shoot on us. Please send an email to austinrich at gmail.com and explain why you should have your band, art project, or whatever photographed in a short paragraph. And... The most interesting entry will receive a full photo shoot package courtesy of J. Jean Portraits. You do not want to miss out on this opportunity to get professional quality photography for free. So please enter to win a free photography package with J. Jean Portraits. That's jjeanportraits.com. A professional look tailored specifically for you. WTBC Radio is also sponsored by Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce. Locally made in Portland, Oregon, Peggy's Sauce is 100% vegan and 100% ready for you to experience a taste explosion you'll want again and again. Available in three flavors, Hotter Melon, Ghostberry, Five Star Gary, Carolina Reaper. That's with avocados. For more information about Peggy's Sauce, including ordering inquiries, please visit Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce, all one word, on either Facebook or Instagram. Let me say it one more time, Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce, when you need a little something with an extra kick. I got got through the new one that I just, I just wrote that thing last week and just got it memorized this week. It's not hard to play, but you know, memory always takes a little while. Right. All right. Voice 29. This is off the Crack Merc CD as well. Just all weird noise clips.
Thank you.
Thank you. Now, so I think this is a, a noisegasm one, but I guess, yeah, I think the next two are from noisegasm. My other project is Greg. All right, here we go.
that is my conversation and a performance by Brad Anderson. Uh, fantastic gentleman who uh, is uh, working out a federal way these days. And uh, yeah, I recommend checking him out. He's He's got a lot of cool tunes, plays in a duo, plays solo. And uh, yeah, you can find a lot of his stuff online. There'll be links in the show notes. I also want to give a very special thank you shout out to Brad for giving me a ride several times <laughs> to shows. Uh, a, a gentleman and a scholar and uh, very, very kind to this particular person on this particular show far too many times. Our theme music is by Paco and Laura Jones and our closing music is by the band X. Please check us out online any when anywhere.com that's where you'll find every back episode of this program and all the information about everything else related to this show Uh, I think you're going to like what you find on that page Uh, yeah uh, not much else I can say from here on out you guys are wonderful you guys are beautiful and without you there would be no program be seeing you
Anywhere, anywhere, from my house to yours. 